Awesome. Yes. Uh, we're so glad to have Mindy part of our, our team officially on Tuesday. Uh, so um, Labor Day weekend. Let's do this, right? Uh, this is like the perfect time to get the youth pastor to preach, right? You don't know how many people are going to actually show up to church. It's like this kind of a thank you, sir. Um, uh, yeah, so you, it's, a, it's a good time. This is a good one. Um, but this is not a throwaway message. Um, if you guys are, uh, are taking notes, you guys can take notes. Uh, there's a lot of way, different ways to get those notes. Um, I, there's QR code, and then also you can just go to our app or online um, on our website. That would be fantastic as well. But um, for Labor Day, I thought about, you know what, what, are, what should we talk about? Um, we should talk about work. I know you guys get off tomorrow, but we're still going to talk about work on Sunday. Um, so I just show of hands, who actually uh, does not work tomorrow? If you're retired, you don't work tomorrow. So that's fantastic. Um, who actually has to still go into work tomorrow? You guys are the true heroes. Okay, I see my favorite Whataburger dude, and because uh, I'm going to need that, that Whataburger tomorrow. Um, but the, we, we, you guys are like the, the heroes and and. Uh, for this day, for Labor Day anyway, um, we celebrate not having to work, and, and it's a cool way to honor those who do work by telling them you don't have to work. Uh, when I was a, a 12-year-old, uh, because my, my parents loved me so much, they were like, we're tired of looking at you, go work. And um, so actually when I was 12 years old, I started working for a church, um, doing setup and teardown and doing custodial stuff. And it was fantastic. And it was, I was so great, so glad that someone gave me the opportunity to, um, to, to give back to the church, but also to make a little bit of cash, right? Um, uh, funny story, as I started working, they started paying me under the table. And then they found out, actually, that's illegal. You can't do that. So what they did instead is they gave, I just worked for like mission trips and church camp and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they worked me like crazy. And, um, and so I'm paid up till Jesus comes back, I guess. Um, but, but what I, I got to do um, at starting my work career as a 12-year-old was awesome. And I got to learn a lot of cool stuff. And since then, I've had a bazillion, it feels like, different jobs. And I'm always looking for like, man, what, how can I make some extra cash? Or, uh, or my wife will be like, hey, um, we need diapers. And I'll be like, let's do it. Let's go mow a lawn um, or fix somebody's something. Uh, but that's what I, I love to do. I love to work. But it's cool that, that America is like, you know what? Let's give someone a day off. Let's give everyone a day off except for Whataburger employees and other people like police officers and firemen and stuff because that would be bad. Um, if they didn't go to work. But we get a, a little bit of a break. And um, today we're, we're flipping that and I'm saying we're going to talk about work. Um, and, and along with that, I, I have some questions for you guys. One of those questions is what are you working towards? Another way to phrase that is uh, what are you working for? Is the thing that you're working towards something that is going to last or is it something that is going to fade away? Are you working to something that is eternal or are you working to something that is not? 
something that is just for a short while. And, and, and we're not talking about actually working. We're actually talking about us and what we do. Because when we look at the Bible, we've got to come to the realization that we have to take this information in and do something about it. And if we don't do something about it, we're robbing ourselves. We're robbing God. We're robbing others. So if you guys want to, if you guys have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew 9, 35. Matthew 9, 35, and it's on the screen. You're going to read along with me. It says this. Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. When we look at the Bible and we read these types of things, um, which is actually really anything inside of the Bible, um, we have these, these scopes that, that the Bible kind of funnels us through. And we see, we see God in a different way. Like, for example, sometimes when we read the Bible, we see God's will for our lives or God's will for the Christian's life or God's will and for the Israelites or whatever. We see God's will. And then in other parts of the Bible, we see the power of God, the, the, the real, like, like the, the cool stuff that God does. And he does that through his spirit, right? And, and you see all these people that... that that they, they definitely had, had the power of God, Jesus, performing miracles because, because of his power, right? That, this is an exciting thing. And then inside of these verses, we see that it's not so much God's will, it's not so much the power of Jesus, but it's the intention of Jesus's ministry, which is people matter. That, that, that's like the most simplistic summary that I can possibly think of. People matter. Because everywhere that Jesus went, right there with, with telling people that he was the son of God, I'm convinced that, that as equally, maybe a little bit less of an, of an important message was that people matter. And Jesus wanted people to know that they mattered, right? And, and it didn't matter if they were sick or if they were lame or if they were spit upon or if they were highly looked at or if they were the, the best of the best or the worst of the worst. It didn't matter. Jesus wanted people to know that they mattered. And they, he wanted his disciples to go out to these people because they mattered, and, and there's this theme that goes through all of the Gospels of Jesus just doing things. And he's, he's like, because I love people. Like, why would you eat with sinners? Because I, I love them. Because they matter to me. Because they matter to my Father. Why would you do the things that you do? Because people matter. And it, it, it brings us to, to, to say, okay, so, so how did he say that, that they mattered? How do you know that they mattered? It says that he had compassion on them. He had sympathy. 
And trying to, to paint a picture of sympathy would, would go great, I think, and you guys would love it. But I've, I've got something even better to paint some sympathy. So watch this video. Well, if that doesn't make the hair on the back of your neck stand up and sword fight, you've got a hole in your soul, okay? That is the most sympathy-evoking video I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And you guys know it, because you guys have seen that. And you guys remember when it was played everywhere, I don't know how many years ago, but every time between your precious show, you would see this and all you could think about was, don't make me sad, Sarah McLaughlin or Glaughlin or whatever her name is. <laughs> you know it. And you know that every time that you hear that beautiful song, you think of those beautiful animals. Some of them were missing eyes. That one couldn't stand up. It's horrible. That's a horrible video. You know why it's horrible? Because it makes us feel something. We don't want to feel things. We want to go through this life and not feel. It makes us feel things. And when Jesus said that he had compassion, he was like, feel something for once in your licking, lacking life. For once in your life, feel something. Well, you felt that. Your heart is ready for what I'm about to tell you. This is going to step on all of your toes that love animals. Animals are not as important as people. Like if you have... Thanks. No, that wasn't the punchline, okay? Wait. No, um, it was. Thank you. Um, but people matter way more than animals. And the sympathy that, that Jesus is calling us to have for people is more than just saying, I want to donate something to PETA, or I want to donate something to fill in the blank, whatever it is, okay? It, it, is, it is, there are people out there in desperate need of compassion. And the problem is, is that you, they, they probably don't look like you, and that's why you don't have compassion on them. They don't sound like you, so that you don't have compassion on them. And it's really awkward to go talk to them, because you don't have compassion on them. And God is saying, Jesus was saying right here, no, disciples, you've got to have compassion for these people. Another way, and this is a question I have for you guys, is have you ever been step, stopped in your tracks for people or a person? Because that's exactly what's happening with Jesus. He's looking at the crowds and, and as he's going through all of these cities, teaching in, in the synagogues and, and healing people, is he stopped in his tracks. It takes his breath away. 
And, and, and the, the principle here is, is have you ta- gotten your breath taken away from what God is doing? Hey, is, is God bringing you someone inside of your head right now that you're like, I am not sympathetic to that, towards that person or those people? I, I am not, I am not, I, I don't have compassion for fill in the blank. And if you do, then, then there's, there's the source of, or there's the answer to that question. Have you ever been stopped in your tracks for people? The answer is not the right people. Not the people who need compassion. And people need compassion. There's such a great need for us to, to preach the gospel with our lives, with our words. There's a big lie out there that says, and people think it's scripture, and it's one of those things like, is that in the Bible? It's not. But uh, it's like preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. That's hogwash. Stand up for what you believe. I'm not saying be a jerk. Please don't be a jerk. Goodness gracious, y'all. Jesus was, was saying, you, you've got to have compassion on people. You have to be sympathetic. And I know that video is, is it's not silly, but it's a silly way to illustrate that, that we, we feel sympathy for the craziest of things and just reject the people who need it. Did you know that 90, I repeat, 90% of adult Christians have never led someone to Jesus. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people who don't have compassion for people. But I would say that the majority of you would not hesitate if you had the money to pay for the groceries in f- of the the young couple in front of you when they were struggling to, you know, think of like how much is this going to be? You can see them calculating it. I'm sure you guys have seen those people. I'm sure some of you guys have been those people. I have. And you guys wouldn't hesitate if you had the money to say, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for those people's food. Or if someone's stalled out on the side of the highway and you're a mechanic or you're someone who, who is well-bodied and you're, you're, they're trying to change a tire or whatever and you, you would stop and help them. But, but to stop, have someone stop you in your tracks and say, you know what, the most important thing I can say to this person right now is either present the gospel to them or love on them in a way that, that they know that you're loving on them because Jesus first loved you not just being like, good luck on the test, but being like, I'm praying for you. Like, it might seem small, it's a big thing to you, but, but I'm praying for you. God cares about you. That's an easy way of just saying, I'm going to interject God to work out whatever's going on right now in your life. And we are a church, central specifically, that says that Jesus changes everything. And he does, but if we're, if we're, if we're going to yell that from the rooftops, Jesus changes everything, and we are turning a blind eye to other people, we, 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 we're not, we have no right to say Jesus changes everything. 
right? You know why I say that? Because if Jesus really changed anything, he, he, it would, nothing could stop you from being an example for Christ. Nothing would stop you from having compassion on others. But we find ourselves in these situations where we don't have compassion and we're constantly being like, I don't know why I don't have compassion. Maybe I need to um, join a group or maybe I need to um, stop doing this or stop doing that. Or, 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 and we try to like fill in the blanks and we're trying to like, come on, just like, well, how can I have compassion on these other people? But they don't, they don't talk the way that I do, so that's a barrier. And, and they don't look the way that I do and they don't like the things that I do. And, and they're, you know, they'll, they'll never listen to me because they've said it's out of their Facebook post that they hate all Christians or, or they, you know, they, they hate the church or whatever. So that discounts me because I go to a church and all of this stuff. And I'm about to call you a dummy, okay? So just, Jesus doesn't say that, but Noah's saying that right now, so just don't kick me later. But the remedy to that is to pray, you big dummy. That's not what Jesus said. He said this. In verse 38, it says, Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Pray that God would, would place people in front of these people that need Jesus. Here, here's some, okay. Gotta calm myself down. I'm getting excited internally, not externally, obviously. Here's a question. Do you have the tools for the harvest? Are you prayed up? And prayed up, there's, there's not like a, like a cap. It's like, well, I filled up my tank and I can't pray anymore. No. Are you so deep in prayer and asking God to, to, to just reveal people to you that need whatever God's doing through you are you doing that constantly? Are you giving God over and saying, hey, God, I, you made me this way. I don't know why you made me this way, but you chose me, you love me, and you're gonna use me. I know you will. I can feel it in the depths of my heart. You're gonna use me, so God, just use me. See, for those who need the compassion, Jesus says, pray for, pray for someone who will, will send workers to work the harvest. But for like 99% of us inside of this room, you are the people. You're not the harvest. You are the workers. There's like, it's time to get up and be a worker. Stop sitting around and letting this world pass you by, but be a worker. It would be odd to, to try to bale hay with scissors and a rubber band. I know that's a weird illustration, but just go with me on this. If I was to say, I'm going to go bale that, that field, but hey, man, I'm going to get bale hay and get, get it. And I was like, I got my scissors and I got my rubber bands and I got everything I need. You'd be like, you're an idiot. Or if I went out and I was trying to shuck corn with mittens on. 
You'd be like, you're stupid. Take off the mittens. And, and essentially, the same thing is happening here. Oh, Jesus, we see you having compassion on people. I, I just don't know what to do. And he's like, go. There's a harvest. You want to know where to find the people? Is among the people. I know it sounds so simplistic. It sounds like, like we would get it, but we don't. Because we, we aren't sharing our faith daily. We aren't leading people to Jesus. Maybe you are. And if you are, great. You're part of the 10%. But for the rest of us, we need to buck up, buttercup. We need to do something. But how, but how what do we say? What do we pray? Well, there's a dude by the name of Brandon Heath a couple years ago that wrote a song called Give Me Your Eyes. You don't know that song? Let's play the clip. <laughs> Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie Ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work, he's buying time. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. I know a lot of you guys have already seen that, heard that song, seen that video. It's a great reminder, though. When we ask Jesus to give us his eyes, you don't know how to cast compassion on people? Ask God, who is the God of the harvest, knows those people already, and knows exactly what they need. And when we, when we pray as Jesus instructed, when we pray in Jesus, as Jesus instructed us to pray, we see as Jesus saw, and we feel as Jesus felt, and we do as Jesus did. That's just plain and simple. I mean, when, when we say, God, just show me something, he's like, well, I'll show you. He's like, God, help me feel compassion. Okay. We, as, as Christians, need to get to work. We, we, we need, we, uh, I know Labor Day, that's, that's like a play on words or whatever, but we need to get to work. We, we, we are lazy. We, we, we aren't taking for, for real the gospel. We, we, we let it just fall where it may. And this is, this is the crazy thing, is that those who need the most compassion may not look like us, 
may not sound like us. Maybe a brother or sister. Maybe a best friend, actually. They're, they're anyone, everyone. And, and, and the, the crazy thing that I, I don't understand why we don't, and I'm talking to myself, y'all, is that God changed us. Something that's, that's cool to look at is, is that 90% of, of, of adult Christians don't lead people to Jesus, but that statistic almost doubles on itself that those who become Christians later in life as adults do lead people to Jesus. Why? Because they're a grown booty adult that is ready to share the gospel because someone shared the gospel with them. They, 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 are, they, they are excited for what God has done. They know the, the crap that God pulled them out of. And they know where God has cleaned them up and said, I love you. And, and us as Christians, we, we, we look back at that time. Maybe you don't remember when you gave your life to Jesus. Or maybe it was so young and you're like, man, life has just been crazy ever since or, or whatever. But, but God did something in and through your life that can't be explained because if you didn't deserve it. And now we, we're inside of the, this situation where we say, God, you, you didn't need me you want to use me? And the answer is yes. So get to work. The Great Commission, most of you guys can quote it, says, all authority has been given, been given to me, Jesus, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the biggest call that we have as Christians is to go out and do that. And that goes right along with Jesus saying, I have compassion. And he was doing all of these things and, and, and his, his advice to his disciples was not, not make up your own way, but have compassion. Look at others and say, that the, the, know that the harvest is plentiful and you are a worker. You better get to work. So, this is a, a, a real, real simple, I guess, sermon that doesn't take a lot, a lot of, um, I guess, like mental power to, to understand what's going, like, you've got to get out and do it. That's just the whole thing. But understanding that there is no addict that is too far from Christ and his compassion. And there is no drunkard who is too far from Christ and his compassion. And there is no anything. There, there's there's no, no adulterer, no homosexual, there's no liar, there's no thief, there's no lame, no broken, no fake, no cheater, no agnostic, no atheist, no heathen, no anything, no anyone who is too far from Christ and his compassion.
So the call is to go, to get to work. Because if we don't, we, we, we are turning a blind eye to the people we are called to this world to, to minister to. And when you hear that, you may hear Afghanistan, and you may hear Louisiana, and you may hear um, a, a random people group that I've never heard of. That may be your coworkers. That may be your son or your daughter. That may be your mom or your dad. I, I don't know where that hits you. But get to work. And, and the, the easiest way, the easiest thing that we can do is invite someone to church. Like, we invite people to weddings and bar mitzvahs, and um, <laughs> I've never invited someone to a bar mitzvah before. But, um, but you guys were, like, looking at me, like, really serious, and I had to say something. Um, but we invite people to, to go swimming with us and go out to dinner with us and over to our house to see our new truck or whatever. We invite people all the time to do different things. We, we could invite people to church. And that, that's, a, that's a simple thing. If God has changed your life, if Jesus changes everything, he should change the way you talk to people. He should change where your priorities are. And, and my priorities have been junk in the past, especially on inviting people to church. I'm like, no, it's too hard. Uh, but it's not. So, so this is a, a, a um, I guess, a, a homework thing. Invite someone to church next week. Don't it, I would love for you guys to invite someone to our church next week. We're starting a new series. It's about God's grace. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, if, if we're talking about how grace is sufficient, grace is enough for all people, and, that, and that's what we all have received as Christians, and that's what that this whole thing is about, about about being inside of a, or being around a harvest and, and we're the workers. This seems pretty in line with what we're, we're, we're trying to get people to know, right? God's grace. God is calling us individually to do something amazing. He's already done something in and through you, not because of you. And he will continue to do that work until your life here ends. And it's up to us to be open to his call on our lives. The question is this, last question. Will you answer that call? Let's pray. God, you're gracious and good, and I thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity you've given us to just calm down for a minute and look at your word. God, you are calling us one of two ways. Either to give our hearts to you for the very first time or to solidify our relationship with you. I pray that you will do both. If there's anybody in this room that, that needs salvation, I pray that they will, will pray right now that they just, they give their heart, their lives to you and they commit to following you the rest of their lives. 
And for those of us who are Christians who have just been lazy, feels like we've been on a Labor Day weekend for a long time. We haven't been going to work. I pray that you will prompt us to get to work. Not next week, but today, right now. Because it means that much to you. We love you, Jesus. We always give you glory and praise forever and always. Amen.